You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. Today we're going to finish the third chapter of the Tractate of Bikurim, which was, by the way, originally the last chapter of the Tractate. So in today's editions, there's a fourth chapter, which we will look at tomorrow. But originally there were only three chapters. We know, of course, the last, uh, the end of every chapter is very significant. So we're going to look at this one particularly. Bikurim is, of course, the last tractate, the last Masechet in the order of seeds, in the order of Zeraim. So this is actually a very significant point in the Mishnah. We're not only, at least according to the original layout, we're not only finishing Bikurim, but we are finishing the tractate of seeds. And we'll see very interestingly that we finish with a with a reference to a Sefer Torah, almost as if the rabbis are, are kind of moving us gently along from uh, physical offerings to ones which are more um, physical offerings, which are linked to the land to offerings, which are a little bit um, less physical and independent of the land. We'll see that, but let's just um, well, let's just pick up in the tenth Mishnah, and we'll see how these ideas play out. Now, we learnt already about the baskets and the bikurim, the first fruits in the baskets, and everything else which was put into the baskets, and the birds, and the extra fruits, and the decorations, and whether the decorations have to be made of the seven species or not. And Rabbi Shimon, this is Rabbi Shimon by Yochai, by the way, not. Rabbi, not Rabbi Shimon, um, not we had Rabbi Shimon ben Nanas yesterday, but this is Rabbi Shimon by Yochai. And he says, look, there are three parts to this. Shalosh midot babikurim. Habikurim vetosefet habikurim vetitur habikurim. You've got the bikurim themselves, you've got the additions to the bikurim, and you've got the ornamentation of the bikurim. So what are the additions? Well, we already learned that you can go down into your field and you can tie a string around a, a bunch of grapes and you can say, these are Bikurim. And so you've designated those as Bikurim. But you might decide to bring more. You might, when you actually set off to Jerusalem, you might bring more grapes than the grape that you identified. These are the additions, the Tosefet. And then, as we learned in the preceding Mishnah, you might decorate the basket. So these are the um, uh, these are itur. These are the ornamentations of the bikurim. And Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai is going to explain tosefet bikurim min bemino. The additions to the bikurim must be the same species. You can't choose a grape and then. Um, I don't know, uh, put a fig in to add to it. If you choose a grape, you've got to bring more grapes. But the ornamentations can be different. And then he sort of fleshes out the, if you like, the halachic parameters. The additions to the bikurim can only be eaten in purity. So they have the status, really, of bikurim, and they're exempt from demai. So if you buy fruit from a, an amha'aretz, from someone who doesn't keep the laws of tithing, you have to, it's considered, if you like, 
dubiously tithed. You have to take tithes for it. But of course, Bikurim don't require tithing because they already belong to the Kohen. So, and the additions to Bikurim are like Bikurim, so they don't they don't require tithing. They're exempt from demai. And then the Mishnah concludes the ornamentations of the Bikurim, because of course these are not Bikurim at all, right? These are just decorations. They're subject to demai. In other words, you have to take Maser, Maser Sheni, um, Trumat Maser, and, and so on from it. So that's Rabbi Shimon's taxonomy of Bikurim additions and decorations. And we continue. When do we say that additions to Bikurim are like Bikurim? And the Mishnah answers, and you won't be surprised by this, because we've already talked about the fact that, that we've already talked about the connection between the Bikurim and the land. If it's not rooted in the right place, if the owner doesn't own the land, if the owner can't inherit the land, he doesn't have to bring Bikurim. And along the same lines, when do we say additions to the Bikurim are like Bikurim? When they come from the land. You can put in an extra bunch of grapes, but it has to come from the land of Israel. If that extra bunch of grapes you put in is not from the land of Israel, it's not like Bikurim. Now we're going to conclude. Lema amruha bikurim kohen. Why? In what way did we say the bikurim are like the property of the priest? And we mentioned this at the beginning of the second chapter. And now we're going to bring a whole list of things. Shehu konemahem avadim v'karkaot uvehemat meot uvachov not limbachovavi aishaki kruva. This priest, you get, you're going to give the bikurim to a priest. And he can do with these whatever he likes. He doesn't need to eat them. I mean, someone needs to eat them. So he's only going to dispose of them to someone who can eat them in purity. But he can use them. He can, if, he, if, he, if there's another Kohen, he can sell them to another Kohen. And he can use the money to buy slaves or land or unclean beasts or whatever, or to pay off his creditors. And his wife can take possession of them for her ketubah. Just like the Mishnah says, just like a Sefer Torah. If you've got a Sefer Torah, apparently your creditors can take it for a, um, for a loan or your wife for, a, for, a, for her Ketubah. And the, and the Gemara in, uh, in Megillah brings various situations in which you may or may not sell a Sefer Torah. Rabbi Yudai is going to say, Bikurim, um, you can only give them to a chaver. A chaver is someone who you can rely upon to observe the laws of purity and to eat them in purity. And say, look, and by the way, the halacha goes according to the chachamim. The chachamim say they're giving to the men of the mishmar. Remember, we said that every region has got Kohanim who get together to serve in the temple one week in 24. These are the Mishmar. They're the local Kohanim. The sages say they're given to the men of the Mishmar and they divide themselves, they divide them among themselves like sort of temple consecrated objects. 
הם מחלקים ביניהם כקודשי המקדש. Just like anything else that belongs to the temple. And that's the end of the, the Mishnah of Bikurim, the real Mishnah of Bikurim. And we're reminding ourselves of the holiness of the objects of the temple. And we're reminding ourselves of the, um, of the Sefer Torah. I brought you on the, the source sheet, the Rambam's definition of a chaver. He says we, giving it to a chaver is like giving it to a sage by way of charity and loving kindness. But let's go back to the Sefer Torah. I, I, I wanted to bring you, just in closing, this remark from the Gemara in Megillah. Tanu Rabbanan. We've said that a person, a priest, can sell his Bikurim just like he can sell a Sefer Torah. That's how, the Mish, that's how the Mishnah introduces. He can, the Kohen can dispose of his Bikurim like he can dispose of a Sefer Torah. So let's check back into the, into the Gemara in Megillah. Tanu Rabbanan, the sage is taught. A person shouldn't really sell a Sefer Torah, even if he doesn't need to read from the Sefer. Yater al Kain. Furthermore, Amar Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel. Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel said, "Afilu ein lo ma yochal." Even he's got nothing to eat. Umachar sefer Torah. He sells a sefer Torah. He's selling the sefer to eat. Actually, Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel brings an. He brings an awful, an awful sort of construct he says or if he sells his daughter this is selling his daughter as a maidservant that's what he compares selling a sefer Torah to it's selling your daughter as a maidservant he will never ever get um siman bracha he will never ever get um a sign of blessing ever again so maybe, you know, maybe uh, the Mishnah says, look, you can dispose of your Bikurim and, you know, it's like disposing the Sefer Torah. But the Gemara in Megillah says, look, if you dispose of a Sefer Torah, you never get Siman Bracha ever again in the world. And maybe that uh, gives us an insight into how the sages think about Bikurim and perhaps how they, they connect the world of the temple and of the seeds. We're finishing the tractate of seeds. Maybe this is how they connect the tractate of seeds to the world of Torah, which they're living in when they redact the Mishnah. And of course, which is independent of any land and independent of any physical object. It is purely in the mind. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.